Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis. Yeah, very good morning to you. Thanks for rubbing in the deep heat with me this Tuesday. We are hitting the Arctic blast head on this morning. That and the Telstra outage, 131355, if your phone works. Mine doesn't. I hope yours does. Otherwise, this call-in talkback show on sport is going to be very, very ordinary. No, that's not true. We are going to hit you with the three Bs this morning. Booing, Bali and Brisbane keeping magic round. As we emerge from our magic round hangover, geez, it's a good one too. The Newcastle Knights, well, they're emerging from their Bali hangover, aren't they? I reckon players should be able to do whatever they like during their week off. 13, 13, 0467 uh, More on that shortly, but the one thing that was happening yesterday afternoon for me, the inbox was pinging. It was going off from the AFL world, emails galore, from AFL HQ, from Collingwood, from the Swans, from clubs, just talking about booing. Booing of Lance Franklin. It's something that emerged its head, um, if you're a Collingwood supporter, both heads uh, coming to you from the MCG. What? Come on, please. Collingwood supporters booing Lance Franklin. Uh, I know it's something Jared Waitley, our esteemed colleague down in Melbourne, uh, spoke about on AFL 360, and he's someone who knows a bit about this, but this is Jared's take on it. We've worked across the span of his career. I can't recall no. it being so directed and hounding him around the fields until yesterday, which is why it was so jarring. Jarring was the word that Jerry Waitley used. Now, hand up, I wasn't watching Collingwood and the Swans. The first time the Swans have played in the MCG, 10 years, that's hard to believe too. But Collingwood fans booing Lance Franklin. So what? This has been going on for millennia. This has been going on as part of look. This is can we can we just can we just put our cards on the table right here? This is not a racial thing, and if you make it a racial thing, shame on you. Booing in sport, booing in entertainment has been going on back in the Romans when they were throwing people to the lions to Shakespeare with pantomime. Every hero needs a villain. The man in the black hat, the villain in pantomimes, whatever you want. This is entertainment and this is part of it. Crowds who used to go and watch Shakespeare and the pantomime, that, that, they would boo when the villain would come on stage. That was all part of it. It was part of the theatre of the theatre. And now part of the theatre of sport, as it has been for years, has been booing one of the best players on the opposition team. Paul Gallen gets booed and did get booed um, mercifully here in Queensland. The same Wally Lewis got booed in New South Wales. Wally got booed as an Australian captain running out into the SCG. That did not sit well with me. You've got to respect the office. But still, it happened. Because that's part of the entertainment. It's part of sport. You're okay to boo the opposition player. Nathan Buckley, former Collingwood coach. This is his hot take on it. I'm really, really proud of the club coming out and, and making that statement. I think, as I said, at best, I think it's it's a um, you know it, it's probably 
trying to raz up a bloke who's been performed really well against you over a period of time. And I think the fans still feel that that energy gets across and affects the players, which yep. may well be the case. But no, I think fun. he's been exposed to plenty of situations over a long period of time. But at worst, I said, it's ignorant and it's big. It, it's a it's form it's of bigotry. Form of bigotry. No, Bucks, it's not a form of bigotry at all. You, you nailed it about trying to raz an opposition player, the best player. And if it happens to be Lance Franklin, because he is one of the Swans' best players, he's a champion. He, here's the flip side to it. If you're not a good player, you're not getting booed. Unless you do something stupid on the field. Crowds will try and put off an opposition player, uh, the opposition player who can hurt your team the most, yet you get booed. I, I remember as a kid going to the Gabba, watching Australia and New Zealand in a one day, and, and Sir Richard Hadley, wasn't Sir at the time, but Richard Hadley, their best player. And you booed him. And you had the chant going every time he ran into bowl. It was just part of the theatre of it. There was no malice to it. I didn't know Richard Hadley. But the crowd booed and cheered him and jeered him to put him off. That's, that's all it is. It's all part of the entertainment. Now, I know there's a school of thought about, hey, I, I pay my money, I buy my ticket, and I can do whatever I want. Well, yes and, and no. And it comes down to a line. A line being drawn by society as to what's right and what's wrong. But also, you know what's right and what's wrong. You should treat people as how you should be wanted to be treated yourself. That, that That's a simple, basic thing that every single human should follow. I know many don't, but that to me is the gauge. That's the barometer. Treat others as that have them treat you. So... If you're a player in any sport getting booed by the opposition, you're doing something right, aren't you? You're actually standing out, you're making a difference, and you're making a difference for your team. You may have a differing opinion on this, and I'm happy to hear it, and we'd love to have that discussion with you this morning. 13 13 55 0467 736 736. I have no problem with booing at sporting events, professional sporting events pro sporting events. Do you? 13 13 736. Collingwood, and this is what Bucks was alluding to earlier, put out a, a, a statement on behalf of the captain, Darcy Moore, the coach, Craig McRae, and the CEO, Craig Kelly, wanting to address the booing. We apologise to the Sydney Swans and to Lance Buddy Franklin, the statement says. The club does not support booing particularly champions of the game. Sorry, what? That's part and parcel of being a good player. You get booed by the opposition. It just, there's no malice in it. It's part of the theatre of sport. If there is malice and intent, and if it comes from a bad place, when racism may come into it, then no. But that's not the case here. If you're a Queenslander, Who's public enemy number one right now as far as football is concerned? In the world of rugby league? Luttrell? Yeah, you boo him. Who was it before Luttrell? Paul Gallon. Race doesn't play a part in this. They're champion players. They're the public enemy number one, and they are for a reason. So boo them. It's okay. They wear it as a badge of honour. They should wear it as a badge of honour. 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Uh, coming up, we will be talking about the magic of magic round. What was your most magical moment from the weekend? 
Was it the Cobbo hat trick? Was it Wayne's 900th? And getting the win for Wayne's 900th. What about the Cowboys shooting down the Roosters? Where did that come from? Titans gutsing it out against the Eels. That was something special. What about all Queensland teams winning for the first time since round one? Was that your magical moment? Let, let's let's celebrate the good with the bad here today. Magical moments from Magic Round. For me, it was the arrival of a new cult hero. Dolphins centre, Valence Tafare. Val Meninga. The rugby convert who 12 months ago had not played a game of league or actually was just starting his league journey in Q Cup. When he was signed by the Dolphins, I had to ask his dad who Wayne Bennett was. We're talking about a kid. He's 22 years of age. He'd been playing rugby union, not at the highest level, but rugby in New Zealand. He moved over here with, yes, a contract, but with no guarantees. He's the groundsman at KO Stadium. At Dolphin Stadium. That's what he was doing while he was playing Q Cup before making his NRL debut. And what a debut it was. Two tries. He bulldozed them. You can see why they've called him Val Meninga. Geez, he looks like the big unit, doesn't he? Those legs. What was your magic moment of Magic Round? Um, you and I both know Magic Round is good, right? But what about someone from interstate? What was their take on Magic Round? I'll take you behind enemy lines with SEN's own Brandy Alexander. We'll do that in the next 10 minutes. Uh, there is method in the madness, too, of getting Brandy on. He is a blue selector. I'll see what intel I can pick up and eke out of him, uh, head of origin selections in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, the Lions right now, they are the hottest team in the AFL. Five straight wins into the top four. Josh Dunkley played his uh, – well, he played the game of his life against the Blues. We'll talk to a man who was there to witness it firsthand. The man who used to wear the Lions number five, now worn by Josh Dunkley, and the man who gave out the first Mitch Robinson medal. Robbo here after 10 o'clock this morning. I will head stateside to catch up with our newest world record holder. And as you heard as before I came on with um, Heels and Mark, the man who's now part of Australian sporting folklore, Cedric Dubler. That's right, doing a Dubler. We, we found out and saw what that was and what that meant at the Tokyo Olympics. But the man himself, Cedric, you will find out if he does use his own poles. I know he takes them with him. When he goes overseas, but whether he uses his own poles overseas in competition, heels. That was a strange one. Ah, and of course, it's Tuesday. So that means the greatest sports quiz in Queensland up for grabs. Last man standing. Ten questions if you can answer the 10th one. If you're the person who can answer that for you. Uh, tickets to give away to the Lions and Essendon. That's right, this weekend. It's a grudge match that's been 20 years in the making. That's happening at the Gabba uh, this Saturday night. Before we get into my snap judgment, um, a, a warning to NRL HQ and the rest of the country when it comes to Magic Round, hands off, please. It's got to stay in Brisbane, otherwise it won't work. Magic Round must be in Brisbane, otherwise it won't work. Right now... The debriefs are happening at League HQ, at its City Hall and the Tower of Power in William Street. All working out how much they're going to ask for the next Magic Round contract and how much they're willing to pay for the next Magic Round contract. We know it's here for one more year and then it goes on to the open market. But here's the warning. You can't take the highest bidder, NRL. It can't be. It's got to be what's going to be working best for the game and the best for Magic Round and that is to keep it here in Brisbane. I know Brisbane are going to go hard for it and they're going to sharpen their pencils and pay more for it, but not matching bids, say, out of Melbourne or South Australia and WA, where the biggest pushes are coming from.
and nor should they because we've got three things that they don't. We've got location, location, location. We've got the climate and we've got the stadium. The location is that you can spend the entire weekend on your feet. You can walk from your hotel room through Caxton Street in that precinct and into the ground, Suncorp Stadium. You don't need a car. You don't need cabs. You don't need an Uber. It's all there accessible in feet. Where else can you do that in the country? At a rectangular stadium that seats 50,000 plus. You can't. South Australia, Adelaide, you may have that connection to the city there, but it's an oval. And can an oval stadium provide the same atmosphere as what it does at Suncorp Stadium? The numbers can get in there, 50,000. Will they get 50,000? Would you travel to Adelaide for Magic Round? But also the climate. The Southerners are escaping their southern, well, it's not winter yet, but it's close enough to it. They're coming here to the sunshine, to the coast. They may set up on the Gold Coast. Then, of course, public transport cars come into play. But if they're coming to Brisbane and spending their money here and spending that time in Caxton Street and around the CBD, it, it was buzzing, right? Magic Round will not work anywhere else. The only place that could be the exception is Auckland. Possibly. And there's talk of Auckland getting it for one year. A one-year thank you to the Warriors for doing what they did during COVID, relocating here, moving away from their family. This is almost like a thank you. And to the league fans in New Zealand who weren't able to see their team. That's the only exception as a one-off and a one-year only. Otherwise, you're going to kill the goose that laid the golden egg or maybe the magic egg if you don't have magic round in Brisbane. You may think it could work somewhere else. Love to hear your thoughts. 13, 13, 55, 04, 6, 7, 7, uh, 736, 736. Uh, Brandy, not too far away, but before we get to him, let's do this. And now, time for Ben's Snap Judgment. Athletes should be able to do what they want in their own time if it's time off, shouldn't they? Of course they should. Newcastle players, they took a public hammering last week after a group of them, and numbers are sketchy, but we're hearing less than six now. But they headed to Bali during their buy rig. The rest of the comp was on Magic Round. The Knights were on Bintang Round. As we welcome Jack Jonas to the studio. Yeah, Jack, welcome, mate. How was, uh, how's Bali? Oh, mate, it was sick. Really poor performance. The Knights got beat 43-12. And then we've learned this week that the Knights, uh, several of them, the club won't actually identify who, which is an indication of what they really think about it. But several of them are over in Bali on holidays at the moment. And it is a professional game, and I get the need for the BL players to get time away from the game. But we're in the middle of a season here, and the Knights were given nine days off after the Parramatta game. Nine days. Just eight weeks into the season. Wouldn't happen in my day, mate. For me, the, the benefit of the buy was not getting busted on the weekend, was not going out and, you know, it gave you two weeks to get ready for your next game instead of one week. Yeah, you know, and it, it might turn out to be the best thing, maybe getting over there with a bit of sun and warm weather on their backs and, and, and throwing themselves in the ocean or whatever you're going to do in Bali might be the answer. I don't know. If they come back, they'll say it is the answer. But there's three buys this year. You do it three times, I guarantee it's not going to help you. The assumption is that these guys are going to Bali to yeah. get loose. But we don't know that. We don't know that. So put it this way. If there's blokes going over there to get loose every night mm. and then fly back to Australia, then I agree with people that say, come on, bro, like you're in the middle of a season. Come on, bro, you're in the middle of the season. So what? It's a week off and you can do what you want. Uh, voices of the game there. Denning Camp uh, from the captain's run, Phil Gould, Paul Kent, and Matty John speaking to his son, Jack, as well, heading to Bali. Please. 
should players be allowed to do that? You might believe after one win in five weeks that they should be hard at work and training the house down. Phil Gould even said that in his podcast, saying that a bye week is when they got flogged. It steeled you. It made you a better player. It put some culture into the place. It it gave you, and I'm paraphrasing here, but it it got you ready, made you tougher because you were flogged mid-season somewhere along the line, turning around and then relaunching your season. But you know what? Newcastle didn't have that on their schedule. They didn't train. The team and the coach, they didn't put anything together as a training session. So they were free to do what they pleased. And some of them chose to go overseas. Some of them decided to stay home. Maybe some went to the Gold Coast. Maybe some went to Melbourne. So what? It was their choice. And there it is. They have a choice. They're grown men. But with that, like every decision that they make, comes repercussions. And the repercussions of going to Bali, it may be that they don't improve. If it was like Dan and Kemp said, the assumption was they get loose every night and get on the drink, well, then maybe they don't improve. Then they do need to live with those repercussions. Because you know what? If you're striving to be the best in anything, you're going to have to make some sacrifices. And some of those sacrifices be might be that you don't go to Bali, you don't go on a trip, you stay back and you work harder. And for me, that comes down to personal responsibility. You have to be responsible for your choices and their outcomes. If it means being selfish and letting your teammates down, then so be it. Go off to Bali, do whatever you want. Go out in the middle of the week, have a drink, have a bender, turn up hungover to training, but you must live with those consequences. That is your choice, and you are free to make that as a human but also as a professional athlete. But let's just see how long you last in the professional system. Look, in the stark contrast, to, stark contrast to what Newcastle did or didn't do during their bye week, you see now what the Dolphins are doing. They've got the bye this week, and a group of them are heading to the Northern Territory. Not, not, not for a holiday, but to give back to the community. The, six CEO, uh, the CEO and six players are already in the NT. They'll visit remote and indigenous communities giving the locals something tangible, something about a touch with their NRL heroes. Uh, the Hammers gone, Edric Lee, Herman SASA, Mason Teague, Kurt Donohoe, and Jack Bostock. They're going to Darwin, they're going to Catherine, Elliot, Daly Waters, all over the top end. Skills clinics with kids, locals get to meet their NRL pin-up boys. And I guess this was part of the Dolphins' remit too when they got the licence to be able to bring new eyeballs to the game, to do something different, to to attract new sponsors. This is all part of a sponsorship deal, but this is what they've decided to do in their bye week. Not all of them, but some of them. It benefits the locals, but it also benefits the Dolphins as well. I mean, we're talking about some team bonding here, getting away, getting to know players that you've only just sort of really met this year. This is going to strengthen them. Dolphins are fifth in the competition, three and two over the last month and a bit. The Knights, well, they're 12th. One win in their last five. Says something about the culture of both of them, doesn't it? But the question is to you this morning, can you tell players what to do on their week off? Or should they be able to work it out for themselves? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. 23 minutes past nine. We are off and running this Tuesday morning. Brandy Alexander and your calls on the other side of this. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis. 
1-800-736-736. Although, um, if you have a Telstra phone, th- this may be happening when you ring uh, the number, 13-13-50. I'm just going to dial it on my phone here. Let me see if I put this up to the... Before calling again. Yeah, okay. So that, that's me just trying to ring our own phone line, and this is an issue. If you have a Telstra phone, there is a nationwide outage that is affecting calls. You can still text. Well, at least I've been getting texts, um, but the calls could be a problem if you were Telstra. But if you were with everyone else, go your hardest, 13 13 55 0467 736 736. Brandy's standing by, but just let's have a look at some of these texts. We've got them all over the board too. Uh, this one's from out of the peninsula. Anthony, thank you. He says, Ben, one Newcastle player went to Bali. It's a non-event. Thanks. Well, was it just one? Was it less than six? Was it seven? We don't know, but the club has acknowledged that someone's gone. But but this is the whole point. Go to Bali. I'm fine with that. Your choice. But you have to live with the consequences, don't you? It's about personal responsibility and what you want to be and what you want those around you to be as well. Thirteen, thirteen, fifty-five. if you're a non-Telstra customer. Uh, Razor said, Ben, hallelujah. I was about to board a plane to head to Gilligan's Island when you said what you said. <laughs> what? Our sport's becoming so woke and Sydney is always the one suggesting it's racism. After they ban booing, what's next? Taking your wife to the game, outlawed? Razor. It's always a it's always a it's always a journey reading your text, mate. Thank you. Uh, Peach has just said on Magic Round, Benny, there was a lot of magic moments during Magic Round, but I thought it was the little moments off the field that stood out. The new for old ball swap for junior league clubs and youngsters, the celebrity pass offs, the OBs, and the general entertainment all around it. It was really well done. However, the beer was expensive. Peach, thank you. Hope things are going well out at Bowie today as well. 13 13 55 0467 736 736. Uh, we do have a double pass to our Origin Under the Stars. That's right. I'll explain more about what that is as the show winds on, but it's going to the best caller or the texter of the day. Texter. Texter. Texty. Texter of the day. 13 13 55 0467 736 736. All right. A man who's very, very patiently been hanging on here, especially after doing three hours of his own for SEN in Sydney. He's just spent the weekend in Brisbane and Magic Round as well. Uh, he is the magic man on the field when he played, and now he's the magic man behind the mic at SEN and Fox Sports. Uh, Greg Alexander, good morning to you, mate. Uh, g'day, Ben. Yes, I've been waiting. I, I've, I haven't not been busy. Actually, we're lucky to be talking because I have a Telstra phone. Um, so I'm a Telstra, so for some magical reason, um, you're able to get through. But I've been cleaning the car while you've been chatting. <laughs> uh, up in the car. I've, I gave it to my 20-year-old son while I was in Brisbane for Magic Ground and would not believe the stuff that he can get in a car and leave in it. Uh, in the space of a weekend. I have a 19-year-old, so I feel your pain, mate. I know exactly where you're coming from. And that, that's what I that's what I love doing, Brandy. When, when people phone into the show, I like asking, what are they doing? How are you listening to us? And, and you're cleaning yeah. the car whilst being part of it. I love it. Yeah. Magic round. Yeah. Why does it have to stay in Brisbane and can it work anywhere else? Um, yeah, we, we've, we've had this discussion on our program uh, yesterday, and I don't think it works anywhere else. So I, I think the only other place you could hold it would be Sydney, 
and I just don't know if it if it works in Sydney. I just don't know whether we've got the proximity to the uh, to what uh, Suncorp has around it, and I I just you know I, I you couldn't take it anywhere else. Forget Melbourne, forget Perth, forget Adelaide. They're not rugby league towns. Forget them. So rule them out automatically. Um, I did hear someone throw up Newcastle. I don't know whether McDonald Jones Stadium has enough around it to, for it to be viable. And, you know, you're talking the difference between 30,000 and 50,000 people. Mm. Uh, New Zealand would be the only other place. And the Nines was very successful in New Zealand, but the time difference would not allow it to happen. You couldn't be playing a nighttime game. Of course. You know, prime time here in Australia is too late in New Zealand. So that almost rules the Kiwis out, even though for venue and things that happen around it, it, it was so well done for, for the nine. So I think a weekend in, in New Zealand will work, but time difference means it won't. So that leaves us with Brisbane, Ben. That's, and it's, why, why would you think about changing it when it's, when it's been so good and it, and it improves every year? They, the things happening around the stadium, not just the three sellouts, this weekend uh, for, for Magic Round this year, but uh, everything that happens around Suncorp Stadium is improving, yeah. and it'll just keep getting better and bigger, and that's it. End of end of story. Argument over. Uh, no, very good, I, and I love that coming from someone the other side of the tweed too. I, I, I'm glad you've got that that clarity in that sense. Um, what, what was what was the standout off field for you? Randy, over the weekend, I mean, did you, did you guys walk to the ground or even just to feel the vibe, the buzz of the city? Did you get into Caxton Street? I have been I have been a walker in the past, but we uh, we changed hotels, so we're in uh, the Valley this year, uh, which a was yeah. a, a bit of a change up. So the walking was uh, was not an option. Uh, the rooftop bar at the X was very good, so <laughs> that there's something different. Yep. Um, uh, outside the stadium, not much involvement from me this year. I uh, I, I got to the stadium and, and just, you know, locked down work mode, went into our Fox studios where we were hosting from and um, basically stayed there. I did duck out and venture into the SEN pub um, where we were calling our games and or, oh, yeah. or certainly uh, Pixies Bar. Yeah, doing our program yeah. from. Yeah, I went into the pub at, inside Suncorp Stadium, which was... Uh, which was good a couple of times um, to sit on a panel and have a chat with uh, the boys that were doing their programs at that time. And uh, that was my, Ben, I have to say that that was my interaction with fans. Um, nice and intimate. I like, yeah. I like, I like that. Nice and intimate. You, you weren't in a Perspex cage in the Caxton car park. So that's a little different too. Brandy, I, I, yes. I, I've, got, I've got to get a news hit because I've been baffling and uh, baffling. I've been, I've been babbling on too much. I've got to get a news hit. But when we are, after we do that, I, I want to come back and do talk some footy. So you can get back to cleaning the car for a tick uh, while we get a, a sure. news update and then we'll come back and talk some Great. footy here on SENQ, your new home of sport in Queensland, 693 AM. 1313 It's the digits you need to get in touch to be part of Queensland sports' biggest conversation. Uh, Grant's done just that. He's at a Willone Grant morning series said, we booed Payne Haas as a cockroach because he's in blue. Not because of the colour of his skin, but the colour of his jersey. We love him as a Bronco. 
Grant, thank you. Um, keep them coming through. Brandy Alexander is my guest this morning from our sister station down in Sydney, SEN. He does breakfast with Vossi down there. Of course, he calls all the action on Fox Sports as well. Hey, Brandy, when, when have you ever been booed when you played? Surely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, all the time uh, from, uh, you know, um, opposition crowds, um, it didn't matter where you went, whether it was Leichhardt or, you know, whether it was Redfern Oval at South Sydney or, um, yeah, you, you get booed and uh, you get abused too. Um, and, you know, you just you just thought, well, that's part of it. That's that's what, uh, you know, that's what it's about, being an opposition player at a, another team's home ground and uh, you just deal with it and get on with it. Uh, we, we had a quite a, a lengthy... Actually, it, it dominated our program today, uh, the chat around booing, yeah. um, because I said right at the top of the show, I, I'm not comfortable with someone like... Uh, Buddy Franklin being booed every time he touches the ball in a game. Uh, I didn't like the Adam Goods situation. It, it actually made me sick watching uh, Adam Goods get booed for the legend that he is in the game, booed around the country, wherever he went, whenever he touched the ball, whenever he was involved in the game. And uh, I didn't like that at all. And and I I didn't see a whole lot of the Buddy incident, but I heard that the apology was made by the coach, the captain and the CEO mm. from Collingwood saying they don't support booing. Well, you know, I don't know what that means and how much weight it holds, really, but obviously they don't like it. I don't like to see a champion player be booed in that sort of situation. I'm all for booing. I'm all for booing, but I don't like the orchestrated uh, jump on a bandwagon booing of a legend, of a champion of the game for seemingly no reason. I, I I find that hard to take. So, you know, the the Buddy Franklin issue, it just reminded me, and I know the Adam Goods saga went on and on and on, and there's not much you can do about it. You can, you know, clubs can come out and say, look, we don't support what you're doing, but mm. it's up to the fans. But I, the, the random booing, I'm, I'm, I'm all for that. The fans have a right to boo, um, but it's the it seems like the mob mentality stuff that we've seen in the AFL, I, I don't like that. Is there a suggestion or is there a feeling from your camp, Brandy, that, that they may have been racially motivated? No, no. No, no I've got no idea. Okay. Well, we, had a, we had a Collingwood fan ring up today and say, uh, we booed Buddy because we think he's been a dud boy and we think he's done nothing since he's been in Sydney. So that, <laughs> wow. that was a Collingwood fan saying why we booed them. And yeah, and yeah I've... Well, the Adam Goods thing did have a racial background at the start of the story. That that was, you know, that was a, a young girl that racially abused him, and then that started the the, the saga that we saw with Adam Goods. Well, with with um, Buddy Franklin, no, I'm I'm not suggesting anything. No. I just don't like the booing of a a you know a player that is the last player to kick a thousand. He might be the well, he's the last person to do it. Mm. And he might be the last person to stop. So um, I just don't, I, and I'd hate to see it carry on. Yeah, okay, well, Collingwood, if, if they don't like Buddy, but I wouldn't like to see that carry on now and catch fire like the Adam Good situation. Brandy, I want to get your take about on-field matters as well, on-field when it comes to actually throwing a ball and kicking it and making a tackle as well. Um, Broncos, so what, do you, what do you make of them after being touched up by Souths and now putting Manly to the sword? They've got to go to Melbourne this Thursday night and break the longest, the longest hoodoo in their club's history. They haven't beaten Melbourne anywhere since 2016. Every other team 
along that journey that they've 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 won. They've beaten, but not Melbourne. Yeah. They just cannot get over the storm. Melbourne do have a, that sort of record against a, a number of clubs. Yes. Um, so uh, no surprise. And yeah, I've I've watched it unfold. Brisbane struggling to beat the the Melbourne Storm. Uh, I, I think I, probably not a good time to be getting Melbourne. But Brisbane have been well. They're the standout. They're they're leading competition. So it's it's hard to argue with their form. Yeah, they were down against Souths, and um, you know Souths got them. You know, in in short periods, scored a lot of points in short periods in that game, and um, you know that they, they really weren't in it, but. Uh, Payne Haas says, man, not playing in that one. I know you don't like to lean on two players as much, but just affected their mindset. It, it seeming it, it, that seemed to be the case for, mm. for the Broncos against the Bunnies. They bounced back nicely against Manly, but I don't know how much to read into that because Manly were pretty ordinary. Um, but Brisbane lead the comp, eight wins, and um, and face Melbourne. I've already given a tip in this one. Oh, yeah. um, and I've, I, I think Melbourne can bounce back. I just think you're facing Melbourne after a pretty ordinary performance. They've got most of their players back now. They're, they're just about at full strength apart from Pappenhausen. Uh, Nelson's been back a couple of weeks now. Munster was very quiet, unusually quiet yeah. against South Sydney. Um, I think there might be a response from Melbourne. I think, well, I think it'd be, it's going to be a great game. Great way to start the uh Start round 11. It'll be an absolute ripper. Final one, Brandy, before I let you go. Uh, as, a, as an origin selector, as a New South Wales selector, I mean, the easy question is saying who's on your radar, who you're going to pick, but I, I don't want to do that because it's too far out, too much can happen, and I know you've probably got a, 30 names in front of you. Who's the Queenslander you fear the most? Um, well, consistently the Queenslander that I fear the most is that man I just spoke about, Cameron Munster. I don't, I don't. Is there an Origin player? I think he's. Is he getting up towards twenty games now, Cam? Um, I think already it falls into that realm of, you know, one of Queensland's best Origin players um, mm. in in the history of the game. He's he's done some remarkable things and things that I've watched unfold um, over the last five seasons that break. You know, it's just it breaks your heart. Um, so Cameron Munster, uh, not, you know, not that there's not others, <laughs> there's, there's plenty of others and, 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 you know, I only have to go back to game three last year and Caelan Ponga's performance, um, which was quite stunning, um, which yeah. I think, you know, might have him sort of just ahead of the young, uh, the young Brisbane fullback Reese Walsh, but Munster for mine, Munster, yeah, Munster and Munster and Munster. <laughs> you've opened you've opened a door, you've opened, a, you've opened a door there, Brandy. I'm going to walk through the Munster given, yes, but the number one jersey. Would you, would you be more afraid of a Queensland team with Ponga or Reese Walsh at the back? Well, Walsh has been a revelation, but uh, Ponga. You know, if I was, if I, if I, and it's not easy. It's it, it, it's probably that close that you go. Well, you know, you lose both ways because they're both great players. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. There's not a win there for New South Wales, whichever way they go. Um, but off the back of, I, you just know what Ponga can produce when he pulls on that maroon jersey. So, um, you know, I still have Ponga. If I was picking the Queensland side, um, Ponga gets my nod just on what he did last year. 
I love that. And I don't know if it's reverse psychology or not, but I love it either way, Brandy. Thank you. Thank you for, <laughs> thank you for doing overtime for us this morning. And, uh, we, uh, Good on you, Ben. We, we will, we'll catch you as the series gets closer, the Origin Series. Uh, Greg Alexander from SEN in Sydney. That's right, he does the breakfast show with Vossi, of course, on Fox Sports as well. And he's a blue selector. Just went around the world there, didn't we? The rugby league world, the sporting world. But so much to sink our teeth into this Tuesday morning. Uh, keep the, we'll keep trying on the phone if you're a Telstra customer. Uh, we will get to calls if we can get them through. Uh, but text, keep them flying in. Again, remember, we do have passes to Origin Under the Stars. Or origin what? Where? I'll tell you about it straight after this. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis. Yes, four minutes past ten, the Arctic blast has come in, the Telstra outage has come in, but we are tackling it head on this morning. 13 13 55 0467 736 736. Uh, thank you for everyone who did test the lines to make sure they did work. Yes, we were inundated, which is brilliant. Um, we will get to your calls very, very shortly indeed. Coming up this hour, the man behind our newest world record, and get that world record and times it by two. He is unbelievable at what he does. Oh, oh Seb, Seb likes this one. He starts it down the left side at 226.9. got to hang on there. Look at how high he hit it. Yeah, that wind's really taking it. Is it going to stay in play? It looks like it's going to stay in play. Did the 22-year-old rookie win it? Or did the veteran Josh Koch take it down? And he won! Sebastian Twiddell. Ozzy! 417. Wow, Seb Twiddell, man. Heck of a tournament. Brings it home to the land down under. Yes, he did. What what exactly did he bring home to the land down under? Well, stick around. We'll find out this hour. Unbelievable. A new world record holder as well as our latest tournament winner as well. But right now, time for this. Go Lions. Hashtag 2023 Grand Finals. You know. Fresh from Friday night in Melbourne, the Lions and Carlton. Oh. It was a grudge match for the Mitch Robinson <laughs> Trophy, the Mitch Robinson Cup, the Mitch Robinson Showdown. Medal. Uh, the Mitch Robinson Medal. Robbo, morning to you. I'm not fresh. I think I'm still hungover. Oh, really? Uh, my age, I'm 33 now, turning 34 in a month. Mm. I can't recover at all. Like, literally, I was in the terminal at the gate and I was, like, in the next morning. So I was just sitting there and I fell asleep and I was like – calling my name out of the PA, and I was like to lady, I'm just sitting right there. Can't you just open your eyes? So I nearly missed my flight, and I was there on time and everything. But oh, two days post, on Sunday, I was like, oh, I've got to edit this vlog. I've got to put it out. And I was like, oh. But today, I'm on my green. Oh, what do you got in that tea? The cup of tea? Yeah, green, green yeah, tea. Yeah, kind of green tea stuff, yeah. but it's like with yeah. ice and water. So... I'm feeling good today. Ready to go. Rob on Dover's show. Let's get into it. What do we got for me, mate? We've got an hour together. We, we, and Brayden, not we, happy. Uh, why? What's wrong with the Hoff? No, well, mate, like... I'm usually, I usually get swiped in. Oh, you've And I was like, hey, hey, I'm, I'm here, I'm downstairs, can't please get swiped in. We're in the valley. Like, this is not the easiest streets to find a park, but we got one. Okay. <laughs> so, if you want me back next week, no we're, mucking around. We're, we're here. Oh, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get the car sent around, shall we? The, the valet, get James to pick uh, you up, shall we? we um, look, one of the big talking points this morning, Rob, actually, let me ask you this straight up. Have you ever been booed on the <laughs> <laughs> What? What's is this a sarcastic question? You've not been to a game that I've played in? Yes. Have I been booed? <laughs> oh, I've been to games at the Gabba. 
and I've been moved by my fans. I know that. I know how. Well, Robbo's kicked out in the full again. <laughs> what no, do you? I what, have been booed. Yeah. Okay. Did you? How did you take it? Um. Well, my personal scenario is like so. I expect to get booed because um, the way I play my footy, um, I'm, I'm antagonist at its finest degree. Yep. Uh, I like to get under people's skin. Like to hit bodies. Um, so I expect to get booed where as obviously the massive talking point with Buddy Franklin on the weekend is just out of the blue. But in saying that, I know Sydney Swans and I think it was like five years ago, I reckon they lost six in a row again and they got bashed up against the blues and they came out the next week against us and put me in the, in the target. And even before the bounce, I go, Oh, we've been told you're going to have a hard day today and end up getting literally hit off the ball, bashed up. Um, and that was a surprise to me because I didn't expect that. So I reacted poorly. So I know that the coaching staff and the players would have spoken about during the week in, in, the, in the Sydney four walls. And they would have gone, look, Dacos isn't getting a free touch today. And the whole team was involved. They went after him. And that's what brought the crowd into it, I reckon. Now, we, we can all obviously talk about, you know, is, does this have racial connotations to it? And the best thing about it, the AFL has come out straight away and said, no, nah, this is none. But in saying that, we... If do you, do if, you think it does? No, I don't think it does. No, good. I don't think it does <laughs> because that's what I'm saying. The, the, the crowd got into it when Dacos was getting thrown around. Yeah. And and I'm sure Papley would have got booed. Agree? Yeah. And their stars would have got booed when they're going for set shots or whatnot. So that's the thing that I was like, um, okay, we don't want to Adam Goodsting again. And we have come so far as a community, a football um, supporters have come so far since that. There's obviously going to be a few bad eggs in there. Um, as you see, like a lot of people getting kicked out of games recently and mm. obviously on social media and whatnot with racial connotations to what they're saying. And, and it's just, that's absolutely appalling and that kind of stuff. But I think that's a big game. There's so much emotion in it and they, they're going to boo some players. I, I just think it's such a big stretch to, you, to, to bring to bring skin yeah. colour in, into this, into, into this incident, yeah. uh, instance. If you're a player getting booed, I'd wear that as a badge of honour. Well, I did. I I used to feed off it, and a lot of players do. Um, and with this with this buddy one, if this happens three weeks in a row and it's whole different mood, like I, was, I went to my first game on the weekend as a fan, hmm. there was players getting booed, sworn at, probably ninety five percent of the game. Um, Are you shocked? Nah, because I hear it when I'm playing. <laughs> so, and I was into the my own, I was into the Lions boys having a crack at them too. So they uh, they love that. But in saying that, like, I, I don't think it had any racials behind that. Um, so I understand, like, the AFL coming out and saying, look, we've, this could be an Adam Goods type scenario. We don't want this. So that's why they've come out and Collingwood have come out and apologised. But you can't stop fans from booing. Hmm. But if this goes on for a few weeks and it's Buddy, singularly buddy, buddy, then it's absolutely bullcrap and you want to stamp it out ASAP. So you can't tell fans that they can't emotionally invest in the game. Um, if you're in the crowd and you feel, like, you feel why you're booing. So you ask any Collingwood supporter or whoever it may be on the weekend and say, why are we guys booing? Yeah. And they'll probably tell you what I'd have said. There was a lot of emotion in the game. All the Swanee boys went after Dacos, their little love child they have at the moment. And they kind of get invested in the game. So, yeah, I, I think it's blown out of proportion. But if this happens regularly for Buddy, specifically just Buddy, yeah, then, yeah, it's absolutely the, what, what we need to think about. You, you've made a really good point. Um, Collingwood fans, I, I'd love to hear from you. I know I had a crack earlier about, you know, just booing and... and you know, pull, oh, bu- they're bu- crazy. Pull both their heads in and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. part of the banter, right? It's part of yeah. the theatre. Um, Terry has jumped on the line. Uh, he's at a Karina Heights. Terry, good morning to you. What are you doing this fine Tuesday morning? 
I'm actually out doing a long walk. <laughs> oh, nice one. Nice one. Are you listening yeah. on the app then, are you? Yes, I am, yes. Good man. Good uh, thanks man. for taking the call. Thank um, you for making it. I've been to many Lions games at the Gabba there, and uh, I'm not picking on Collingwood or Collingwood supporters, but for some reason, I think the, some of the moron ones always seem to know where I sit, but no matter where I sit on the ground. Shouldn't sit in the cheer squad. And, uh, they, they come there, they take the jacket off and got their jersey all displayed, and they, they start off at the booing, but after a few beers, etc., like then the language goes bad. And, yeah. uh, and even the ref cop, uh, the umpires cop, but, you know, um, it's not just the, the Lions players, they, they give it to the umpires as well. Mm. And if some of the crowd turn around and give them a bit of a, you know, there's kids here, you know, they either get abused or they, they just go quiet for 10 minutes and then, then they start up again. <laughs> it always seems to be the Collingwood games. I, I, I haven't gone to any Collingwood games in the last couple of years because of that. <laughs> oh, so that, that, that steers you away from going to the big clash? Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. I don't want to hear. It's uncomfortable, hear isn't it? And, yeah. Yeah, it is, yeah. And I, as I said, I don't know how, how they find out where I sit. <laughs> <laughs> well, Terry, there's so many of them. Them and the Richmond fans, they're, they're, I'm mean, not saying Richmond fans are in the same boat yes, as Collingwood fans, but yeah, they're, they're, the big there's four, so many the big of four, them. Like the most, you've got to think they're the most passionate supporters in, in the country as well. Yeah. And, and if you go to, yeah. like I've been like abused, this is the first time in my career, I was abused for for the entirety of the game from a Port Adelaide, Port Adelaide supporters. So, like, I'm not oh, just right. saying it's just Victorian. Like, these guys on the boundary were into me for the whole game, and we were pumping port as well, and they did not care. They, were, they made it my, their target to have a go at me, kick a couple of goals and got best, one of the best on players. So thanks to them. But, mate, like, it's, it's not just Collingwood supporters. It's, it's the Australian <laughs> sporting fans. Like, they're passionate, especially with footy. When if you had a few cascade carriages in your belly, you're going to come out. In a, in a, when you're in a little bit of a – if you're in a little bit of a section with a few of your mates, ho, oh, ho, mate. Terry, good on you. Thank you for the call this Thanks, morning. Thanks, Terry. Uh, you know what? That's I reckon there's a life rule in, in for, for me anyway, and it's it's around cringeworthiness, cringeworthy yeah. moments. If you either produce them or you're part of them, you just don't want that. You don't want to be cringeworthy. Being around vocal fans who then start dropping the magic and and the, mm-hmm. the words around the kids yeah, that makes everyone uncomfortable, and that's that's cringeworthy. Yeah, that's when you need to draw a line. But but booing for me is part of the game, and yeah. and. and I know you would have been listening, right, from 9 o'clock when I came on, but no, no. I, I just said booing has been part of entertainment, and that's what sport is. Yeah. I mean, look, SEN, Sports Entertainment Network, that's what we do. That's what you do. It is the entertainment business. Yeah. Entertainment from back when they were throwing people to the lines at the Coliseum. Oh, yeah, in Gladiator. Times, yeah, to um, Shakespeare with pantomimes, right? <laughs> no, the villain. <laughs> and the crowd would boo them. Yeah. He's behind you. Yeah, He's behind yeah, yeah. you. You know, it, it's, it's just a modern-day version of that yeah. because every hero needs a villain. Yeah, 100%. But I think that's also where John Longmire, or John Longmuir, whatever his name is, horse, big horse, horse yeah. he came out and was like, I don't understand. And that's where... Sydney coach. Yeah, mm-hmm. Sydney Swans coach. So that's where it comes into, look, we let, we let a boo champions of the game. Like, what's wrong with that? But if it's, if it's singly targeted at someone and it's for a, a few weeks when it makes no sense, then... There's probably some different type of connotations behind that. Well, sorry, but in the game, yeah, it was Sydney Swans' fault. Let's be honest, because they went after Dacos. Yeah, hundred percent. There you go. Why the hell are they going to boo for everyone? They would have booed fourteen of their players. Swans host Frio at the SCG this weekend, so I can't imagine too much booing going on there. But I mm. do feel for Frio if they are trying to take out their frustrations yep. on somebody there, like Ooh, a, yeah. a, a, a Brayshaw or whoever it may be from. Uh, 
from Fremantle, who would you get under the skin of, Freo? Oh, man, none of them going too well. Probably Brayshaw or Sarong. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. Like, Freo, I don't know how they're going, to be honest. They had a good win on the weekend, but they that's the games they should be winning. But, yeah, I, I, I think if Freo start booing, then they're absolute morons. Well, there won't be too many of them in Sydney. I, I wouldn't have thought. Um, <laughs> no. It is the hot-button topic at the moment. We will talk Lions-Carlton and we'll talk Lions-Essendon very Ooh. shortly. But Mike is on line one out of Callum Vale. Mike, morning to you. Yeah, g'day, boys. Uh, look, I'll, I'll just give it some some uh, real perspective about Pies fans being ferals. Can, can, can I have are, are you, are you at... Are you a Collingwood fan, Mike? No, no, I'm okay. a, I'm a no. Lions fan, Mitchie. Hey, let's go. Yeah, mate. Yeah, I met Is... you a few years ago outside Suncorp. Uh, very nice chat. Thanks, mate. Oh, that's um, all right. But, yeah, listen, um, have a look back at Harry Mackay's speech. Um, and he congratulated both sides at different times. And when it was appropriate for Essendon and Pies fans to cheer, Pies fans, the section that I saw, they're all booing and not clapping. So there you go. Mm. There you go. No, they're, can't they're, even clap, yeah, but, they're well but, renowned for think, being that type of supporters, yeah. but there's, there's obviously, but, we can't throw a blanket over all, like all of them. Obviously, no, no, there's going to no, be some no, drunk I'm sections, yeah. No, I, I no, agree. I just, there's obviously there's, like that. There was, a, there was a section of the crowd, and you think your own captain, great speech, mm. made a, a, a really cordial suggestion. And they stood there, didn't clap and boo, and the rest of the crowd clapped. So, hey, you know, um, <laughs> that's perspective. Yeah, it's a good perspective too. Mike, thank you for sharing it and bringing it to us. Uh, Brendan's out at Hendra. Brendan, morning. How are you listening to us this morning, Brendan? I'm oh, just on the uh, on the on the iPhone. I'm in I'm in the, tuned into the internet. Yeah, <laughs> good man, go, Brendan. Good man. Hey, um, guys, look, different sport. But uh, I can remember when Wally Lewis, uh, one of the greatest uh, rugby league players that ever played for, uh, certainly from Queensland anyway. Ever, yep. Um, when he, so he was representing Australia, playing for Australia in Australia and mm. as a captain, mm. but playing in Sydney, mm. he was booed. Yeah. Chance <laughs> would go, well, Wally's a wanker. Yeah. So, look, there's moronic behaviour. Doesn't necessarily mean that it's racist behaviour. And I think we have to be very careful about trying to draw those connotations yeah. unless you specifically get someone yelling out racial abuse, you know, booing. I, I just know there's always been villains to crowds and there is moronic behaviour, but it's not necessarily racist behaviour. Brendan, thank you for bringing that up because I remember it stood out to me as a, as a kid. It wasn't a kid. Well, actually, when was Wally playing? Captain Australia. So it was in the yeah, yeah, late been, 90s. Yeah, been... yeah. Uh, late 80s. Late 80s. And exactly, Wally Wanker chant came out. I mean, Oh, that that cut deep to me because mm-hmm. yeah I get the New South Wales Queensland divide, but he's the captain of Australia of your country. Yeah, on home soil and getting booed that that is moronic. That's moronic <laughs> I behaviour. Heard, I, haven't heard, I haven't heard of that. So that's actually I'm gobsmacked. That, I mean, that actually happened. You, so you put tr- you put that little allegiance aside for one game, wouldn't you? Uh, of course, when it's Australia v the Kiwis, which I'm sure it was, it may have been great, but Australia whoever. Yeah. Can you imagine? I can't. I can't. I can't. Imagine that. Australia Island international rules mm-hmm. and say Buddy was captain. Yeah, getting booed as yeah. the Australian captain. That's You've got to respect start, the That's office. when you start going. Ugh. Exactly. Uh, 13, 13, 55, 04, 6, 7, 7, 3, 6, 7, 3, 6. Plenty to get through this hour. We'll be chatting to, and Mitch will be doing his homework on this. 
Australia's, Queensland's newest world champion, a double world champion too. Uh, don't know what sport yet, do you, Mitch? This oh. is good. You just gave it away. No, you didn't. Yeah, I did. No you, no, you did. Yeah, it was golf. Oh, well, don't ask for the question and then go to an ad break. <laughs> it's called a tease. It's called a setup. Oh, no, school- it's not oh, golf. Oh, oh, <laughs> I'll, sc- I'll be schooling Mitchell in the, in the break and we'll take your calls and texts after this. Plus, 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 plus. Lions, Carlton. Oh, mm. that was a big game. It was. Quick ad break. Back and more. <laughs> <laughs> Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis. Yeah, 24 past 10. Thanks for your company. We are deep in it this Tuesday morning. Plenty of calls, plenty of texts on booing, uh, on Brisbane keeping magic round and barley as well. When you have a... <laughs> now, Robbo's eyes just light up. I was looking at my phone to head yeah, barley. Barley. Uh, during bye week, players had to do what... They please. Oh, you just go far back as um, Jordan to go, and you probably don't go to those places anymore, do you? There's so many spots in Australia to go. Why go overseas? <laughs> I don't have a passport at the moment, so what, I wouldn't what, be going. What's the difference going? Oh, Bali's as loose as it gets, and you're putting yourself in harm's way if you go over there. If you go over there to like a little retreat. No, I haven't actually. Only for commentating. <laughs> <laughs> I don't leave my house. I've got no friends. <laughs> this is as close as I get to people reaction. All right. Well, hang on. Well, let's bring in, I don't know if this friend or foe, David is on the line. David, good morning. Where Where are you ringing in from, David? Hi, the, the beautiful Aspley on the north side of Brisbane. How are you, gentlemen? What's going on, David? Robbo, only a couple of weeks, my friend, before we actually heckle you and do you from the sideline, <laughs> mate. And you know... And you know what us Hornets people are like over here, mate. Oh, Graham Road. The, oh, the, the, the mobs are forming already. Come at me. I, I went to Noosa mate, and that was the worst of the worst, so I think I can handle a little old Aspie Hornets having to go at me. <laughs> mate, we're going to put we're gonna put a toll booth and click just to come and watch you play, mate. <laughs> oh, if I can get any more ticket sales for you for your little members area, then more than merry. That's my job. So, uh, yeah, first two rounds when I started playing, I got booed a fair bit and heckled and ended up having 33 and best on ground. The second game I had 29 and 2, so... We'll see. I think Aspley all right this year, so we'll see how we go. Might have to be quiet. You know what? It's, 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 the, it's the beautiful thing about having it because Robbo and I are very similar when it comes to that white line fever and a bit of a bit of hard-nosed aggression out in the field. And I'm, and I'm a youth football coach over there at Aspley at the moment. And you nice. know what? A lot of us talk about on, on, on the hardness and the way that Robbo played that we admire. And the only way to get back at him is just heckle him on the sideline. It's not personal. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's a kid. <laughs> no, it's actually a good point he mentions because um, when, when I played at Noosa recently, I, I, that's probably the worst I've had in a long time. And after the game, because we, we won in the last quarter, and after the game, they all came up to me and like were really nice about it and say, oh, I hope you didn't take it to heart. Like, we're just having some fun. Like, it's good to get into the game. And yeah. I was like, mate, it does not bother me. It's fine. Like, if I can do it in front of 50,000, I think I can do it in front of 10. Part of the theatre of the sport. David, thank you. Good luck. Oh, yeah. respect that. Oh, thanks, nice. David. Well, if I see you uh, after the game, actually come say you're the one that called us. But if I don't, then hopefully we pump you, boys. Good, <laughs> Good luck to the Hornets and uh, Morningside in a couple of weeks as well. 13, 13, 55, the digits you need. All right, let, let's get on to the AFL Friday night. Yeah. Friday night, you were part of the – actually, you, you've just had some support from opposition – but what about the support you got from a former teammate? I, I want to play mm. you something you wouldn't have heard because you were in the crowd. You wouldn't have heard this well, commentary from Friday night. Mitch Robinson enjoying being part of the 
viewing public here tonight. If you notice, he's got the Carlton top underneath for whoever was going to win. He reckons it's the Mitch Robertson Cup. You can see Mitch Robertson there. By the way, the only person, I think, in the history of the two clubs to play 100 games for each of the clubs, which means he has uh, father-son to both clubs. And he's, uh, he's been sacked by both clubs, so the loser of the game gets the Mitch Robinson medal. Oh. Hodgie, he's a former teammate. Or is that just, you know, mates being mates? Oh, well, that was brought to my attention pretty quickly after the game on, <laughs> on Twitter and stuff. And um, actually, one of my ex-teammates heard it and he texted me and I was like, because I, I had a gut full of alcohol, so I didn't really know what was going on. But I was a little bit flat with it. Like, I took a little bit of a personal jab and then... He messaged me after the game and said, oh, hey, mate, I gave you a bit of a pump up, but also, you know, a bit of banter and talk some crap about you. And I was like, oh, I haven't heard it yet. So then uh, someone sent it to me and I heard it. And I was like, oh, Hodge, that's a bit bit harsh. Okay. And then we made up. Like, I was like, all oh, right. no, it's all, it's all good. Like, don't worry about it. Like, it'll be good for the vlogs anyway if I use that footage. And <laughs> and I think I think we've buried that bridge, but I won't, I won't be talking to him for a good couple of weeks. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's been... He's been did, did, you, did you talk to him before that, though? No, no, no. Oh, yeah, we, we text yeah. every now and then. He's a, he's a golfing golfing enthusiast and yeah. um, he's on, you know, he's a fellow SEN yes. employee, so okay. I can't talk too much crap about him. But time and place. Mum and Dad are watching that game and they're hurt. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been through too much <laughs> in my career and then still get it when I finish. Nah, it's all good. I don't cry. i got thick skin, man. The Josh Dunkley medal. Uh, the Mitch Robinson medal. Uh, yeah. Self-proclaimed, self-bought, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. self... Yeah. Um, Look, it looks a bit wankish, but, like, this all started from the podcast, me and Zork, the Zork and Robbo show, which we're going to try and get a show. Second, second, have, second best show second, in Australia. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, it, and we're just doing our tipping, and it's like, you know what, this is actually the Mitch Robinson Cup, like, because I played 100 for both clubs, mm. won a BNF for Lions, um, had a pretty, you know, pretty good career, and I thought, well, it'd be pretty funny if I like if we created a medal when I go down to Melbourne and get involved with the crowd and see all the supporters from my old mob, from the from the Cotton Blues, and and it was honestly one of the best nights I've had in a very very long time. So it was awesome that whoever won the game, I was going to go down to either rooms after post game okay. because the media team both said, "Yep, no, no worries, come down. It'll be pretty funny." And then obviously the Lions won and went down and it was a, it was a great time presenting the medal to, uh, as we know, Josh Dunkley had 33 touches, 13 tackles, 11 marks, like dominated. And that yeah. was in the Mitch Robinson spirit because he's, you know, his tackling ability, got the crowd involved. I got him like 2000 followers, I think after, after <laughs> the, my la- my latest Instagram post. So sign jumper given away. Where's the number five? Where's the number five? So Mate, it all just fell into place. It's meant to be. The YouTube is popping off. So if anyone's listening, all you 500 people out there, <laughs> go over and give it a watch. YouTube.com forward slash Mitch Robinson 05. So, yeah, it was a great night, honestly. I had a, had a bunch of fun. And, and you know what? I might actually do another one, another vlog. I might, I might go sit with the Collingwood Cheer Squad in one of oh. their big games. Against? Well, oh, they got Colton, actually. Oh. Collingwood Carlton. In a couple of weeks. You're going to put yourself through that? Do you reckon I should? Text through 04 and let us know if I should do that. We will take a camera down for that one. 0467 736 736. Just on Josh Dunkley, let's let's start talking some serious footy stuff now. Chris Fagan said, and he's watched a bit of footy fakes in his time. Yeah. One of the greatest games he's ever seen. Yeah, it's a bit of mayo. But honestly, it's a very, very good game from him. And highly rated. That was his breakout game for the club. Like he's he's put a lot of good games together this year. Mayo, it, you reckon? One of the greatest games you've ever seen. Okay, so he's on a Brownlow medalist, shuts him down, keeps him to yeah. seventeen touches. Yeah, he has double that. Yeah, 
that's one thing. Yeah. But then to lay 13, to, you, you know. Yeah, you know, know. You know these but numbers. But I used to get 30s and 15s. Like. But the touches and the tackles, they normally don't add up. No, no, no. It's a great game. That's what I'm saying. He, mm. He's shut down Cripper, who's struggling a little bit with the form at the moment, but he's their key player. Did, like, did a very good job on him. Like, stopping Cripper is one of the hardest jobs. I've had to do it before. Um, like, similar possession count. But it's a team effort at the same time. And the thing, the, the best thing is that he ran out the whole game, did everything right. Uh, he'll get three votes for that game for sure. So it's one of the one of the great games. Best ever? No, nah, I don't know. But um, he's playing some good footy, Josh Dunkley. And I, I'm wrapped with it because obviously I was a little bit, had a little bit of animosity that I left the club like and he had took my number. But I was very, very happy he went to a good player. And Dunkley's a very good player for us. And they're, they're, his inclusion is making us a better team and it's going to be uh, a good year hopefully. But, yeah, no, a little bit of mayo, but... Okay. Is this this is not sour grapes for you, is it? No, man. I'm, a cr- no. I'm a crying. You're crying. <laughs> no, he's a, he's a he's a very good bloke too. So in, in the him. in the scheme of things, so five straight. They are now yeah. into the top four. Yeah. They they kept Carlton, who granted they were playing a West Coast team that had a, a thousand plus games of experience. Seventeen hundred and fifty two to be exact. There we go. A thousand plus on the on <laughs> the on the, on the <laughs> In the change rooms. So the week before, Carlton beat that West Coast team by yeah. 108 points. Yeah, we Huge. spoke about this last week. Yeah, yeah. So Brisbane keep Carlton to one goal mm-hmm. in an hour. Yeah, no. between second and third quarter. That that is that is that is remarkable. Yeah, for a team that was I don't care who they were playing, they still had to play in opposition. That they ganged up on. That they've come. Yeah, Kuno's kicked nine the week before. Kicked yeah. one. Yeah, that was a, it. Was a great display, not just from Dunkley, but it started there in the midfield. The it allowed the defenders, your, your Jack Payne's, yeah. your, your Harris Andrews, to it was wobbly ball coming into Carlton. They just coming into that Carlton forward line. Yeah. They couldn't get so it allowed everyone to dominate. Yeah, we I spoke to Zorko last week, and and he was um, emphasizing how much work they put in the preseason and off season into the defensive actions, um, and that's that's huge for for any team like to play a team that's pumped on by one hundred and eight. Yeah. But records show that once, I think they're the worst in the comp for a 100-point victory and then losing the next week. So that's a little stat there for you. That's Carlton. Yeah, they're the worst in the comp. So great, great effort by the Brisbane Lions. Now, they've got to back it up again this week. But, yeah, yeah as, you, as you mentioned, the Jack, the Jack Payne effect, he's having a great season. And, and you don't want to think about, you know, Marcus Adams with his concussion and being out for the year. Like, that's a very sad story. But that's given Jack Payne an opportunity to be that, key defender and that second best defender in their team to mm. shut down these guys. Like Kerno is a gun player, like genuinely gun. And he's done a great job on him. And so, yeah, it starts in the midfield. As you mentioned, the, like the surge footy, they would have had to create to get into their forward line and, and those boys stopping it. Like it was, it was, it was a great game. No Zorks, no Rich to Top. do it. Exactly. That, that's. It was, that backs up against the wall. It, it was a must win for the Blues and we could have used a few excuses if the Lions lost. So they've come out and, and put, a great display on a Friday night in front of millions of people. They played mm. some great footy. And, and I had them, you know, top four at the start of the year. I think a lot of people did. And, you know, they might have had a shaky start. Now that Port Adelaide lost round one doesn't look so bad because Port have come very well. Yeah. So, yeah, they're, they're, they're playing some of their best footy and they've got a few players still out. So, Woo-hoo! Run some numbers by you. So that Collingwood game back at Easter Thursday. Yeah, 116. This is this is the Brisbane score. 116 yeah. points against North Melbourne uh, gather round. 152 points. Giants 108 points. Uh, Freo 150. Basically 100 points plus yeah. every week since yeah. Easter Thursday. That win against Carlton as well. Leading into Essendon, Suns, Crows, bye wins. Three wins. 
Geez, it sets their season up really well, doesn't it? They'll be top two for the like they'll finish top two or top four. Like that's a given. Unless something dramatically goes wrong. Like last year we were flying too. And then the back back half of the season, I think we started losing a few games here and there. Mm. But they've got so much depth. Their VFL team at the moment's unbeaten, six wins in a row, I'm pretty sure it is. And they've got players who can come in in a heartbeat and play a role, and they're experienced players. So I've got no doubt in my mind that if we lose a few through injury or what, whatever it may be, we've got some players down, down their list that can just go bang, come up and perform well. So, yeah, they're going to be top four. And I had them at the start of the year in the grand final against Melbourne Demons, and I had Demons winning. So happily get proven wrong. But still, I'll be flat if they win a grand final. Mitch Robinson here through till 11. After that, it is the quiz. Queensland's biggest sports quiz. I wonder if Robbo's one of the answers in the quiz. I'll have to go back and have a look at that. Uh, 13, 13, 55. It's right now 25 away from 11. Time for a news hit. Oh, 22 away from 11. Oh, I'm so, oh, yes, we're, we're live. I'm so glad the mics oh. aren't switched on. Oh, we don't cancel it off the bat. That's a different podcast nah. altogether. Yeah. Uh, speaking of podcasts, you can download them wherever you get your good podcasts, be it iTunes or Spotify. Just look for SENQ, click on mornings, give us a shout out, as in a like, tell your mates, 13 13 55 0467 736 736. The biggest quiz in Queensland, sports quiz that is, is coming up after 11. And yeah, Mitch Robinson. Mitch, you are an answer in our sports quiz. One of the questions. Oh, see, I don't give the question. I just give the answer. So I've given two answers out mm-hmm. so far. 2009. Yep. And Mitch Robinson. That's when I got drafted. But that's but these are two separate questions, and that's oh. not the any of the questions. Well, I'm I'm in the quiz. That's the best thing. I just want to thank my sponsors, um, Toyota. Grant <laughs> has just said, Ben, just to clarify my last text about Payne Haas, I, I didn't actually boo him or any other footballer. I just don't cheer for him. Yeah, re- Grant out of reverse yeah. cheering. There you go, and that's okay too. Make, making noise, uh, Mars. What's he said, Ben? Um, thanks, oh, Ben. Thanks for your well measured and thoughtful views on a delicate issue such as. Booing, a refreshing change compared to all the media fence sitters in the industry. What about me? Mars, thank you very much. Mars. Or is that mum? No, no, it's Mars. It's Mars. It's Mars. It's very, very, very nice. Very nice. Love you, mum. Let me see. Uh, Mick has said, not sure why Buddy got booed, but Goods did bring it on himself. By mm. emulating chucking a spear at the bomber faithful. No, nah, no. Nah. Okay. Oh, yeah, just I don't on... want to get involved. No, 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 no. But uh, it was his retaliation. Yeah. And, and and that's fine. But if you retaliate to booing, don't don't you bring more. Say, say if you gave the finger yep. or threw the ball at someone in the crowd. Yeah. That's a retaliation. Whatever Adam did, Adam did. That's that's fine. But it's a retaliation. It's Indigenous round and it, that's he was doing a war dance. So. Uh, but retaliation, I'm talking about. Do, do yeah. you fuel the fire? Nah, that's mate. If you're copping it weeks on weeks and weeks and it's playing a tile when he does, he throws a gesture of a spear into yeah. a crowd. Mm. And again, I'm t- saying take the gesture out of it. If, say if you flip nah. the bird to them. No, nah, no. Nah. Oh, yeah. If you give them the finger. Yeah. I've done it plenty of time. I did it to Richmond Chess Squad all the time. Yeah, exactly. So, so I, mean, I expect to get booed, yeah. Exactly. So if you're, you're fueling the fire, if there's a retaliation. Yeah. And I stand by that. So Richmond yeah. supporters, you can all. 13, 13, 55. Yeah. Where's 04, my mute button? 0467. Oh, I've got the mute oh, button. Dear. It's the dump button. That's the hey, one we need. Hey. <laughs> Stop pressing things. <laughs> You'll break it. Uh, straight after this, we're, too much we're, we're going to head stateside to talk to our newest world record holder. Not just one, but two. And he crashed through for his first tournament win. Two, Queenslander. Love this. Exactly. What sport was it again? Golf.
Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis. Yeah, thank you for your company. 14 away from 11. The Queensland's biggest sports quiz coming up after 11. Your chance to win a double pass to Lions Essendon this Saturday night at the Gabba. Oh, it's going to be a ripper. Blockbuster. Uh, it is. Ben Davis joined by Mitch Robinson for it's this boy. hour. Back by popular demand. Well, his demand to come and let's do an hour. Oh, so that's okay. I did, I did. Because it's not just worth my time coming for 10 minutes. And look, I'll just be honest oh. with you. That's just how the person I am. Yeah. <laughs> Give me an hour, and I'm bringing some serious vibes, energy, and the listeners that is waking up. Who's waking up at this time? What do you think? What uh, do you think? Teenagers. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Tradey, uh, tradey. Robo, we're going to we're going to shift sports here out of the AFL realm, and we're going to head overseas to speak to our newest world record holder, and not just one world record but two. On the back of breaking those records, he has broken through for his first tournament win on the weekend. It's someone that we spoke to before they headed stateside. I am talking about Seb Twaddle, who is now part of the World Long Drive Competition. This is absolutely outstanding when you see it and when you, you hear it. What a That's dog. the mad thing. Can you hear? Have we got, have we got something? Of, yeah, go, go, go. Let's go! Let's go. Seb, Seb, we're, we're just listening to you smash this ball. The world record on this, and it's all measured in miles, 240 miles per hour ball speed. What's that of kilometres? Do you know that, Seb? Oh, I'd have to, um, I'd have to crack open the calculator for that one. We, uh, <laughs> Mate, yeah, hey, I'll save you, I'll save, I'll save you the trouble. It's 343 kilometres an hour. Three. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. Sounds a lot quicker. No, no. Wait, wait. It's three. My, my bad. Because I, because it's three hundred and eighty-seven and a half kilometers an hour. Kilometers an hour. Three hundred and eighty-seven kilometers an hour. And and where I got the three forty-three, I was trying to work out countries. That's bloody quick. The speed of sound is about twelve hundred k's an hour. So this is knocking on the door of a third of the speed of sound. So, mate, no. this is we'll outstanding, get, we'll get to that Seb. Down eventually. <laughs> um, <laughs> mate, how? Let's bust it down for everyone listening. How do you hit a ball that hard and that fast? Yeah, so it really comes down to just all the training we put in back home for long drive. It's um, this last off season leading up to the world long drive seasons. Just been a lot of speed training with our coach back home, Craig Parker. And yeah, we're really just pushing limits on what's physically possible. And yeah, with these um, these recent speeds, we're really yeah really knocking on the door of um, yeah just the human limit. Seb, from one professional athlete to another, it's Mitch Robinson, by the way. <laughs> um, I just want to understand. I play nine holes or just a round of golf, and my back is absolutely out of sorts, and I can't walk for a couple of days after. It's all fun and games, but. What's the what's the physical preparation you have to go through behind closed doors with the physios and whatnot, or are you just one of those lucky guys who just you know look great on camera and feel great all day every day? <laughs> yeah, so um, our physical trainer back home, Hayden Edison, he's really been a a huge reason to why we can do this physically and do it with like without injury. Touch wood, obviously. Yeah, but, um, I'm touching it. Yeah, all the stuff we've been doing in the gym, like. In the off-season, we're doing six gym sessions a week. And then on top of that, 
recovery, at least two hours of recovery every day. So it's it's a lot of physical preparation to be able to, for the body to be able to move this way and move at these speeds safely, as well as yeah, as well as just doing it. What, what are you what are you what are you benching, Seb? What are you pushing in the gym? Oh, I'm not benching anymore. Uh, I don't bench anymore. The, oh, okay, uh, so, so what are you? Mustn't have been much then. Sorry, Seb. No, no, no. But okay, so what would be targeted for specific weights? Yeah. Yeah, so we've we isolated um, like certain weaknesses in the body, mm. and then so yeah, we just really targeted those sort of areas. And then with Hayden's knowledge, we've he's put put a program together, which I won't give too much away, just oh, so yeah. he does have programs out there. But um, yeah, it's he's um, he's really is a genius and one of the greatest out there. So it's um, yeah, he's made a huge difference. Now, someone that's but, yeah, it's not not benching anymore though. Oh, okay, so yeah, coming from someone that's not massively watching, you know, the longest drive competitions around the world. We, so you're obviously a gun golfer from day one or from when you started getting into professional golf. Was it all the boys are saying, hey, mate, you are smacking this ball so far down the, the, the driving, like driving range or whatever, and you said, I'm just going to go pro at this and just have a crack at the longest drive. Is that how it turned out? Or you just thought, oh, this is a different type of golf you know, scenario and I might just have a crack at this? Yeah, it really was. So, I was, yeah, coming from competitive golf back in Australia, people will always say, like, why don't you go give long drive a go? And honestly, at, at first, I was like, no, I don't really want it because the goal was to always play, like, professional professional golf and, like, PGA Tour, European Tour. And, yeah, that was the main focus. And then about 14 months ago, I was felt like I was sort of stuck with where my golf was at and, I was, there was a long drive event coming up and I was like, I'm just going to give this a go and started training for it and instantly fell in love with it. And yeah, the results, speed-wise started jumping up and that's when I was like, I'm going to commit 100% to this and see how far we can take it. And yeah, here we are today. Well, Seb, you're absolutely blitzing it. So what, 14 months into doing long drive competition, you've now taken out your first tournament in the States. Uh, that was just on the weekend, which was absolutely outstanding. Double world record holder. So in ball speed, which was the measurement we gave before at 240 miles an hour. But the other world record you've got is club head speed, which sits at 169 miles an hour or, or two, 272Ks. Like, it, it's huge. What do you win? What do you get for winning the tournament you did on the weekend? Flex on us. Yeah, so this one, I think it was, I believe it's 12,000 US. Uh, the first few events leading up to these are the prize purse is slightly smaller. Mm. Um, once we get towards the end of this season is when the television rugs start coming out. So those events are going to be a bit bigger in prize purse. And then, yeah, which leads into next season, which pretty much every event is going to be televised, and which means more sponsors coming on board, bigger prize purses. So it's, um, yeah, the sport's moving in a good direction. So it's a good time to get involved. And you are pumping it in the right direction too. Mate, congratulations. I know you took a punt leaving the Gold Coast with your, with your playing partner and great mate, Matty. You're over there on the World Long Drive Tour and it's now paying dividends uh, in the uh, last couple of weeks, mate. So outstanding stuff. But we'll be in touch, all right? As, as the tournament and everything and the event and the calendar goes on, we'll keep in touch. Seb, when, he comes, when he comes back to Australia, I'm going to hit him up to yeah, do some YouTube footage with him. That's okay. Well, there you go. You'll Thanks be part of yeah, Robbo's we'll, we'll vlog. We'll get you hit in the fire. Don't worry. Let's go. <laughs> Seb Twiddle, there we go. Gold Coaster, 22 years of age. Robbo, I, I reckon he may have NFL scouts looking at him because he is a big unit. We're talking 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, 
And I reckon he weighs about 115, 120 kegs, and there's not yeah. an ounce of That's fat. That's okay. I've had scouts here. looking at me too. It's all good. Six away from 11. <laughs> Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis. And it is starting to warm up after an Arctic start this morning, wasn't it? For winter in Brisbane, who would have thought? Mitch Robinson is kindly glad to stay, kindly agreed to stay around because there is a really good question on the text that's just come through. And I do want to put it to him. But right now, or this hour at least, I need your calls for the biggest sports quiz in Queensland. We've got a couple of contestants standing by, but how this works is last man standing. So you keep answering the questions until you get one wrong. Once that happens, bang, we bring in the next contestant. It could take six people. It could take ten. It might just take one. Great prize up for grab double to see the Lions and Essendon. Saturday night, this is going to be an absolute belter. It's been 20, well, it's been, well, I'm just trying to think. It's 20-year anniversary of the grand final. grand final, but not the Essendon one, wasn't it? No, that was, mm-hmm. yeah, it was 2001, so 2021. Either way, there's a lot of history between these two teams as well. Uh, I've got to remind you, too, Mac is proud sponsors of the Little Legends, supporting grassroots sport in Queensland. I'm going to tell you this hour about what Patton Heels are doing with junior sporting teams from around the southeast. Before we get to the quiz, Mitch... Text, text from Mike, and I reckon it's a ripper. I know I've asked you to stay around, so I appreciate this. He says, Mitch, question without notice. I heard you talking about your aggressive playing style and your reasons for doing so. Can you describe the playing style of another aggressive or passive aggressive player in Toby Green? Yeah, that's a good question. Toby Green, I absolutely love him as a footballer. Um, he gets put under the microscope for probably every incident that happens yeah. 20 times in a weekend. And he was a whipping boy from the AFL, the, the match review and all that for a, for a number of years. I think he still might be on occasions. But, yeah, he has an occasional brain fart. But the way he plays his footy is... Is, is awesome. And I, I love the aggressive nature that he plays with. Um, he doesn't go out of his way. It's more so in the moment and sometimes he might make the wrong decision. But he's honestly, he could be top four or five players in the AFL and he might, he might be already. Do you, th- do you think he thrives on that villain character that he plays? Spoke, yeah, I've spoken to him a couple of times via DMs and that. Um, he's, a, he's a hard one to get a... I usually be able to judge people pretty well from yeah. meeting him or talking to him. He's hard, like, to get a grasp on. I don't think that he goes looking for it. It's just crossing the white line, playing the game that you love, and, and it's a very competitive game, and sometimes he makes the wrong decision. But, yeah, he gets unfairly treated in a numerous amount of occasions during his career. But at the same time, he's done a couple of silly things as well, so it kind of, yeah, cancels itself out. Great insight, as always, Mitch. Thank you. Thanks, Mike, Mike, I hope that answers <clears throat> excuse me, your question. It is now time for this. Ten questions, one winner. Time for Morning's Quiz Whiz. And now here's our very cheap version of Tony Barber, Benny Davis. Come on down. <laughs> And my lovely barrel girl, Mitch Robinson. He's just hanging around because he's interested in the quiz too. 13, 13, 55. I reckon if we go to John out at Chambers Flats, John, good morning to you. And just refresh my memory. Is this the same, is this the same John that went through and got the first eight questions right last week and then fell at the final hurdle? Is it the same John? 
Yes, that would be me. All right. Doesn't sound <laughs> rap with that. No, but he's back for redemption. I love this. Mm-hmm. Knock down, get back up again. Yeah, I love give it. it a crack. All right, John, let, let's see if we can better the eight straight. We know how this works. There's 10 questions. If you answer number 10 correctly, you get the prize, but you've got to get the next nine, uh, the first nine. If you don't get them, we bring the next person in and it keeps going until we get to that 10th question. All right, John, here we go. Question number one The super coach, Wayne Bennett. Magic round over the weekend. He celebrated what number game as coach? 900. 900. We are off and racing. Here we go. Who is the only AFL player, question two, to have played more than 100 games for both the Blues, Carlton, and the Lions, Brisbane? Mitch Robinson. I reckon that was the reason he was hanging around, just to hear his name. Exactly. Very good. (laughs) Mitch Medal. Question number three, John. Which Queensland cricketer was left out of the Australian squad for the World Test Championship in Ashes and then took a hat trick over the weekend in county cricket for Glamorgan? Michael Neeser. Michael Nisa, three down and flying at this stage. He hasn't missed a beat, John, but that's okay because we've got Grant, we've got Chris. They are sweating on you. They are breathing down your neck. Wait till we get near the eight then. I know, I know. All right, question number four, rugby league league question. Cowboys utility Jake Granville, he won back-to-back premierships in the Q Cup before making his way to the NRL. Who did he play for? Who did he win those premierships with? Winner Manly. Yes, sir. He is on fire this morning. Oh, four down, six to go. Has he got Siri on his phone? Like <laughs> no, no, it's AI. Ooh, no, it's not. <laughs> Question five. We're going into the realms of track and field here, John. The Gold Coast, Sally Pearson. Ooh. She won an Olympic gold medal, London 2012. In which event? The hurdles, 100 metre hurdles. Yeah, 100 metre hurdles. I nearly said it. Yeah. yeah. No, very good. You can't jump in. Oh, no, no, obviously. That's yeah. why I was trying <laughs> yeah. to find the mute button. All right, question number six, and I reckon this could be a tester. If you were listening last week, actually you were, John, because you were part of last week's show. If you were listening last week, you should have got this. <laughs> Who last week was named the new coach of the Brisbane Roar? Ooh. Ross Aloisi. Oh, yes, sir. John on fire. I thought that may have been the one to stumble on. This is good. Question seven. I had to stop and think for a second. No, but I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did. All right, we're going to turn our... Well, we're going to turn our attention to Ballymore. Which Queensland Reds co-captain was snubbed from Eddie Jones' first Wallaby squad? Oh, okay. Um... Co-captain. There's only two of them at the Reds. Which yeah, co-captain didn't make I've been it? Watching much rugby. That's all right. Uh, oh no! I thought this might have been. What number is this? No, it wasn't Fraser McWright. He was actually a red that got in there. So, jo- uh, jo- no, mate, you've done really, you've done what really was that, well. Seven questions. That was number Brown seven. Brown out again. Yeah, I, hey, I need to be calling two or three. No, <laughs> I reckon that's the strategy. People are waiting back, waiting back, and hanging back. Actually, no, I can't give the answer because no, we, no, I can't because I'm about to bring. Hey, John, well done, mate. Thanks for uh, thanks John. for having a shot at redemption. Gee, that's good though. Yeah. So he's, he's gone eight and seven. All right. Uh, let me see. Chris is at, uh, where is Chris? Chris, good morning to you. Bigger of Waters. Hello, Chris. Hey, ben, how are you? Very well. Down the ben, car- how are you? 
Yeah, <laughs> Mitch is good. He's he's hanging. I'm great. <laughs> Ready to hear you win. All right, Chris. Picking up the picking up the 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 ball that John has just popped you. You've run into a hole. Queensland Reds co-captain snubbed from Eddie Jones' first Wallaby squad. Who was it? Tate McDermott. It was Tate McDermott. Poor yes. John. Tate McDermott. All right. Question number eight. Oh, and this is this is one. If you've been listening to the show, the answer didn't pays come a listen, out. doesn't it? Mm. Free. What year? Did Greg Inglis win Rugby League's Golden Boot for the best player on the planet? What year? 2013. Oh, no. You can't say, though. No, I can't say the answer, but I'm going to say lower. That's all. That that's my best. Is that? Oh, that's price. That's price is right, isn't it? That's not sale no, of the century. That. Yeah. It's below 2013. Yeah. So. Well, hang on. Does that? Yeah. You know what does, I'm saying? does that mean it's lower? Means lower. Yeah. It's so before it's that. Before that. Before before 2013. No, lower, lower. lower means like after higher. But is after after? No, higher <laughs> is higher than 2013. <laughs> I, I could be going home by now. Come on. Uh, let's go to line three. Grant. Hello. Oh, he's back. Hello, he Hello, is. Guys. I'm very well, Grant. You're taking a shot at this. This is question number eight of ten. What year did GI win the Player of the Year Golden Boot Award? I'll say 2009. Yes, sir. Oh. It was one of the answers. In fact, it was the first answer that I gave today. Question number nine. Looking for ten, and you get the double to see the Lions and Essendon to go head to head Saturday this night. This is it. This yeah. is the one. No, no, this is question nine. Uh, the penultimate okay. question. Yep. Which Brisbane high school did Lions co-captain Harris Andrews oh, attend? He should know this. Oh, Harris Andrews. Yeah. He's a Hornet boy. Do I get a, do I get a clue? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's but, a private school. I'll say Padua. Oh, what? what a guess. Yes, sir. There you go. So, so Harris and Charlie, Charlie yeah, Cameron they went rivals. to... they do. They got the cup. Charlie, it's right. Charlie went to Morris Brothers. So mm-hmm. Ashgrove and Padua now play for the Andrews Cameron Cup. Yeah, well, Harris Andrews at Aspie Hornet, isn't he? Mm, so. There we go. Hey, Grant, this is the question. Yeah. This is number right. 10. This is for a double to see the Lions and Essendon head-to-head Saturday night. Name the three Queenslanders who are rugby league immortals. Is that actually a thing? Uh, Arthur Beetson. Yes, it's a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arthur Beetson, Wally Lewis. Yes. And Mel Meninga. Well done. This is outstanding stuff. You are off to the Lions Essendon Saturday night on us. You are the last man standing in Queensland's biggest sports quiz. That is the best quiz. Yeah, it is good, isn't it? I really doubted it. That was was fun. (laughs) You just had to hang around to see that. I did now, yeah. yeah. I could have, yeah. Grant, outstanding. We do it every Tuesday for 11 o'clock. Robbo won't be back next week at 11 o'clock. Well, because it's just, I don't know, do you want to be back? Oh, if I'm not busy? If I get a swiper for downstairs, I'm definitely going to come back. Outstanding stuff. That, right. yeah, that was actually a lot of fun. It was good, wasn't I it? I didn't know probably 50% of those ones. Uh, see, but when they, when they pause and take a little bit, yeah. I'm listening for clicks and keyboard sounds. 
Oh, you think Google oh, comes into play? Oh, I'm definitely listening to it. I'm yeah, trying to hear out so, for it. So are we. We have to put the time on it. Uh, outstanding stuff. Queensland's biggest sports quiz. Alliance tickets to Essendon, uh, to the Gabba against Big Essendon game. Saturday night. Yeah, he will be an absolute ripper. He's sellout. Mitch, thank you so much for your time today and the insight that you have brought to this program and to mm-hmm. Queensland sport. I love it. No, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And all the SENQ listeners, you guys are the one of the best in the country. Really appreciate the support. Um, and Dave, you're doing a great job and I always pump you up, but I absolutely love you. Quarter past 11. It's the Mutual Admiration Society here at SENQ. 6.93am. If you're listening on the Gold Coast, 11.16 on the app's the best way to do it. If you haven't got it downloaded now on your phone, uh, go to iTunes. It's quarter past 11 in the next hour. Cedric du- or This hour, Cedric Duba coming up, and I'll be coming to your calls and texts. Plenty to get through. Might even take you around the ground, too. What's been happening at Lions Training? We'll find out before midday. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis. Yeah, 20 minutes, 21 minutes past 11. Doesn't time fly when you're having fun? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Uh, i get to your texts uh, very shortly. Plenty to talk about today, uh, be it Bali, Booing or Brisbane being the venue for Magic Round. You can feel the energy as a Titans member this season. Visit titans.com.au. Uh, the Brisbane Lions have been training. I'm going to take you around the grounds there very shortly, but we know the Broncos face a massive of task Thursday night going down to Melbourne. I was doing some numbers on this. 2016, the last time the Broncos had beaten the Melbourne Storm in anywhere, in Melbourne, in Brisbane, they have not beaten the Melbourne Storm since 2016. It's a seven-year itch they have not been able to scratch, and it is the biggest bogey that the Broncos have. Every other team in the comp they've been able to knock off in that time, but not Melbourne. This was front rower Corey Jensen speaking about the rivalry yesterday. No, it has in previous years and we sort of haven't really spoken about that. This group here is a lot different to what we've had in previous years. They're playing a lot different footy and we take a lot of confidence out what we've done so far this year. We're under no illusion it's going to be a big test and but it's one that we're really up for and we're looking forward to it. Yeah, look, he, he's right in a regard. It is a brand new team, isn't it? It's a very different team but think of the team that last beat the Melbourne Storm. Corey Oates is the only member of this team that's remaining. Sam Thiday was part of that. So that's how far we have to go back. 2016. It was the year after Brisbane played in a grand final. So there's been a lot of changes to the Broncos. There's been a lot of teams, incarnations of that roll through Red Hill and still have not been able to knock off the storm. Are, Are they gettable? The Melbourne storm? Broncos fans, what do you think? Is this the year that that hoodoo gets busted, gets broken? Or are you wary of a wounded storm? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. The only game in town this weekend is the Brisbane Lions. So the Broncos, top of the ladder. The Lions, well, they are humming. They are the hottest team in the AFL right now in the top four and have won five straight after coming off that great win over Carlton. I say great win because for three and a half quarters, they were blitzing it. They let Carlton come back in at the end, but it was such a strong defensive display too. Uh, Let's head out to Springfield to find out exactly what they were looking like this morning. Uh, I've got afl.com.au's Michael Whiting on the line. Fish, good morning to you. Can I start by asking, Dane Zorko, last night on 7 News, he hinted, that he may be a chance to play Essendon Saturday night. Was he running today? How did he look? 
Yeah, he was, Benny. Good morning. Um, I'd say his comments last night were fair. We saw him running around this morning. It wasn't a... Um, they're still out here just finishing off with some goal kicking at the moment, but it wasn't a huge session by any stretch, but Zorks took part in it this morning, um, did everything you'd want him to. I guess it'll we'll see how he goes over the next couple of days, and I imagine they'll um, test him at their main training session later in the week to see whether he's a chance. But, yeah, he's certainly in the frame. How did Jared, how did Jared Berry look, uh, Michael? Because I saw them in the, as they were coming home in, uh, at the airport on Saturday and he had a compression bandage on from hip to ankle. His entire left leg, I yeah. think it was, strapped up, <laughs> um, which is nothing new really for Bez, but is is he up and running today? Yeah, he's, he's fine today. Like I said, it was a, a relatively light session, but he took part in it, spoke to the media before training, um, and, yeah, he looked good this morning. He's fine. Uh, he talked this morning about the willingness of the team and the players within the team to embrace roles this year. And he was a massive rap for Josh Dunkley there after his game on Friday night. Oh, yeah. Not only Dunkley's ability to win the ball, but shut down Patrick Cripps, the Brownlow medalist. And Bez was full of admiration for his new teammate and how he's leading from the front in terms of embracing a role within that 22-strong unit. Yeah, outstanding stuff. Now they were my questions to you. What what was your biggest takeaway mm. from training today, and what 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 have you what yeah. have you seen? Yeah, yeah. I think just uh, not so much from training, but just listening to Jared Berry talk. It's something I've sort of noticed in the past month or or five weeks. This winning streak the, that guys are sacrificing their own game. We've seen it with that forward pressure. It's been a question mark. We might have had on this team for the last year or two. Are these guys willing to defend as hard as they're willing to run forward of the ball and I think we're really starting to see that in the last month and it was interesting that Jared Berry unprompted brought up Josh Dunkley's name as a, the guy that's embraced that and really led from the front in that regard a guy that's willing to sacrifice his own game for the greater good of the team and we're seeing it with small forwards, we're seeing it with Charlie Cameron, Zach Bailey, Link McCarthy we're seeing it with those midfielders, yeah. we're seeing it with guys like Jared Berry so um, really interesting comments from, from Jared Berry this morning. Uh, they've scored 100-plus points every game since mm. Easter Thursday against Collingwood. And I think that forward pressure uh, has been a massive part of that. And Charlie Cameron is is at the heart of it. For, for me, the highlights that I look at and go through after each match, I just see him putting those tackles on, turning the ball over, or at least forcing passes that then get the turnover. Do you, do you have any numbers on on that fish? I know this is your wheelhouse, the, the stats about forward pressure and where Charlie may mm. rate in, in the game. Yeah, fu- funny you mentioned I'm actually digging into that this week for a story. So, <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> Great minds, or am I, I, I just blowing your story out of the water, mate? No, 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 not at all, mate. No, no, people can go and read it later in the week once I've, once I've got the data back. But he's, he's um, had more tackles inside 50 inside forward 50 than any other player in the competition. That's one number we wow. do have. Um, we're looking at um, trying to dig a little deeper than that. And and, and um, I, I think the numbers will back up what both you and I are seeing, that he is leading the charge there. I also really rate what Zach Bailey's doing. He's not a guy I've thought of as a, a two-way player, a guy that will defend as much as he is. We know he's attacking brilliance. He's a, a little genius in the forward half of the ground with the ball in his hand, but I really think he stepped up his game defensively in the past four or five weeks as well, and he's applying a ton of pressure. I guess, like a lot of things in team sport, it's infectious. 
if you yeah. see your best players doing it, you're going to follow suit. Whether that's Josh Dunkley and Lockie Neal in the middle or Charlie Cameron in the forward line, everyone's picking up on it and it's becoming a trait in Brisbane's game. Oh, I absolutely love that. I know they scored 100 points against Carlton on a Friday night, that mm. Friday night lights blockbuster. In the first 75 points, 66 of them came from forward turnovers. So that's that that says a lot. Your first 66 of 75 points coming from that stat alone. So that's where the pressure is being applied. Mate, I'll let you go and keep dodging those balls down there at Springfield. Appreciate it, Fish. We will um, we'll see you during the week and we look forward to that article on afl.com.au about Charlie Cameron and the pressure that he is applying. Speaking of applying the pressure, game four of the NBA final series between the Heat and the Knicks is happening right now in Miami. Now, this is a series that Miami leads 2-1. Game four at three-quarter time. The home side was up 88 to 79 over the Knicks. They're just, where are they now? Coming back from that is where they're coming back from. Here we go. Fourth quarter, uh, Miami up 91 to 84 with 10 and a half to go. So we'll keep an eye on that one as uh, as the morning winds on. 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. As I said, Maccas, proud sponsors of the Little Legends supporting grassroots sport in Queensland. Patton Heels are doing just that as well. They, as part of their Maccas Little Legends segment, will be choosing a junior sporting team from around the southeast to be our Little Legends of the Week. And to make it even better, that winning team will receive a free meal at Maccas. How good is that? To enter your junior sporting team into the Maccas Little Legends, simply head to our website, sen.com.au forward slash win. So it's our website, sen.com.au forward slash win. Uh, tomorrow on the show, they'll be announcing their first Little Legends winner. Maccas, proud sponsors of the Little Legends supporting grassroots here in Queensland. For the first time this morning, I'm going to get to Vanessa on time at 11.30. Time for a news hit. Thanks for your company. 28 minutes away from midday. Uh, very shortly, our special guest as far as flying the Queensland flag. He's in studio and he is getting ready to fly the Queensland flag internationally. And what better bloke to have than a guy who's part of Australian sporting folklore. I'm not going to give it away, but it will be someone special. His story is amazing and what he did for sport in this country at a time when... Well, at a time when we needed it the most, in the middle of the pandemic, it will always be remembered. Uh, one thing we do have to remember is the billion-dollar industry that is the AFL is, well, trying to link up with another multi-billion-dollar industry in Hollywood, and I'm talking about Warner Brothers. It's all to do with the name surrounding the Tassie Devils. That's right. The Tassie Devils is something that Warner Brothers has a patent on because of their cartoon. They've had it for years. But now the AFL want to get to use it for their new team in Tasmania. And last night on 7 News, this was breaking thanks to Mitch Cleary. Well, Peter, the Tasmanian licence is less than a week old and already it's had an early win. The nickname Tasmanian Devils is the overwhelming favourite 
for the new name. Even Gil McLaughlin is a fan. Now, the AFL has entered into dialogue with Warner Brothers over its use. The billion-dollar US empire has commercial trademark over the Tasmanian Devil in line with its cartoon. Warner Brothers telling Seven News that we have reached out to the league and we look forward to a happy solution shortly. The AFL has also lodged papers with IP Australia for the Tasmanian Devil with an answer due formally in July. The team's new board will be announced in coming weeks. It's first job, picking the team's name. There we go, Mitch Cleary from Seven's Melbourne newsroom saying that the dialogue between Warner Brothers and the AFL has begun. So the Tassie Devils, I think we can write that down, can't we? Yes, it's got to be the Tassie Devils when they hit the comp in 2028. Uh, But right now, though, in 2023, you can become a Titans member. Feel the energy this NRL season as a Gold Coast Titans member. Just head to their website. Uh, and then you can be part of the Legion as well. For a highly tuned, highly trained temple, body is a temple athlete, is in the studio with me right now eating a ham and cheese toasted croissant. The smell is driving me crazy, but I just love the fact that someone that can do what he does on the world stage can be humming into a ham and cheese croissant. Who is it? Well, he's flying the Queensland flag. We'll find out next. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis. Exactly 20 minutes away from midday. Jimmy Smith standing by to pick up the short ball. I'm going to pop him into the hole and run through. Uh, Just on the text line very quickly before we get into flying the Queensland flag. Uh, let me see here. Oh, no, I've read that. Oh, no, here we go. From Mars. Uh, Mitch and Ben. Booing when followed by a Ryle smile is a bit of fun, as long as it doesn't deteriorate into angry verbal attacks. To quote Jack Gibson's, some fans would boo Santa Claus. <laughs> I haven't heard that one before. I didn't know Jack said that one. There we go. Someone would boo Santa Claus. 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Actually, before we go any further, because I'm about to introduce our special guest in the studio, before we do that, um, I've picked up the phone and I've picked up Terry. Terry, hello. Again. Hello. How, now, Terry, Hi, you, <laughs> we've already spoken this morning. You have, yeah. you, you've called through and gave us an opinion on booing. Uh, right now, I want to give something back to you. Oh, excellent. Thank you. State of so Origin. It's, it's the game, biggest, right? toughest sporting event in Australia. And our Maroons just keep getting the job done. SEN's Origin Under the Stars. Join Matt Rogers and Andrew McCulloch for a special Game 1 experience on the rooftop at SEN. Queenslander. See, I could have told you all that, Terry, but we thought we'd let Cameron Smith do that. That's right. Game 1, SEN, Origin Under the Stars on our rooftop here in the Fortitude Valley. We've going to have the big screen, but we're also going to have our Queensland-only call. Matt Rogers, Andrew McCulloch, Drury Forbes live. So, We'll have listeners here, we'll have the food, we'll have the drinks, we'll have the big screen, and we'll have the Queensland call. And, Terry, you are part of it. You can bring a friend along as well. Bring a New South Welshman if it's okay. If not, that's even better because 
you know we need someone to razz on when Queensland uh, absolutely destroy the Blues in game in game in game number one. So, mate, um, thank you for being part of the show today. I'll have another one of these to give away tomorrow, but it's as simple as that. Being the best caller of the day, Terry. Thank you for being part of it. So there we go. We've got Terry. Hey, Terry, just quickly before I let you go, Terry, state of origin. What's your favourite origin moment? Oh. Hang on, Terry. Uh, hey, Terry, sorry, mate. Your favourite origin moment. Go ahead. Yeah, well, I went to the very first one. I'm old now. I'm 73, but I went to a lot of the earlier ones. But the very first one was just something special with Arthur Beats and Rod Reddy. Those really legends I'd followed, you know. Oh, mate, that is outstanding to be there game one at Lang Park. That would be brilliant. I reckon you can tell some great stories about that on the night here at SEN, the Origin Under the Stars rooftop party. Terry, thank you. It's that easy. We've got a double to give away each day as well. All right. Now we've done that. It's time for this. Yes, this week's Flying the Queensland Flag is a man who took Australian sport to a new level because he's part of Australian sporting folklore. Doing a dubler. It's now part of our lexicon after the men's decathlon at the Tokyo Olympics. Cedric Dubler, and now a two-time Olympian, he sacrificed his own performance to help a mate. He dropped back in the 1,500 metre, the final race, of the decathlon, and he was urging and yelling and swearing at training partner Ash Maloney, pushing him to bronze. So the boy from the Gap who had a choice of sports at his uh, disposal when he was a kid, he ended up settling on 10 of them, uh, has made plenty of sacrifices along the way. And now he's here in the studio, ready to make some more sacrifices. Some of those sacrifices involving Pokemon cards. We'll get into that in just a moment. But Cedric Dubler, very good morning to you. Good morning. Flying the Queensland flag. You're about to head overseas to do that in Europe. What what do you do to fly the Queensland flag internationally? How do you bring that Queensland spirit to the table? Well, it's all about, uh, you know, following the Queensland teams and and. More specifically, the Brisbane teams. Uh, this this weekend, we're going to the the AFL at the Gabba. Oh, nice! Yeah, Lions yeah. versus Bombers. Yeah. My my coach is a big Bombers fan. Oh, and, that's uh, unfortunate. Most of the squad is a Lions fan, yeah. except for all the suck ups that want to get out of uh, a few reps on <laughs> on Saturday or maybe next week. So um, yeah, that one's going to be really good. So when you're overseas, you you, you follow the AFL. You you try and tune in or at least see the results when they're playing and just yeah, following, following to, the results. Yeah. I've, I've been getting into it more and more as a kid. I, I didn't watch sport and I, I didn't really have any teams to follow. And over the last few years been kind of getting into it more. So, uh, the lions, the, the women lions as well, yeah. um, used to live, uh, you know, two doors down from a bunch of them. So, um, oh, part of the AFLW team. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So been to a few of their games as well. And, uh, and, that's what I'm doing to fly the Queensland flag. All right, Cedric, as a kid who didn't follow sports as a kid, how, how then do you get into doing, well, not just one, but 10 of them and representing Australia and winning medals overseas? How does that happen? I don't know. <laughs> I I guess that was the thing is because I wasn't sitting in front of the TV as a kid, I was out on the street kind of riding my bike, creating, you know, dodgy little jumps for myself and uh, and in the living room creating gymnastic uh, gymnastic apparatuses and all sorts of stuff. So, um, you know, I was out there doing all these different sports and 
And then it was after seeing Steve Hooker at the Beijing Olympics win gold in the pole vault. Yeah. I, I turned to mum and I said, mum, I want to do that. That looks, that looks fun. And she took one look and said, absolutely no way. That's way too dangerous. <laughs> but, uh, you know, as, as we do as, as young kids, we can be pretty persistent. And eventually she said yes. And she found me a coach. And, and then a few years later, I had another coach that said, like, you've done all these events. You've done little athletics. You've learned to hurdle. And, and now you're doing pole vault. Come try a decathlon. And I had no idea what it was. But... You know, I did my first and and that coach uh, took me on to two Olympics, three world championships, a few Commonwealth Games. So he's uh, he's been in my corner and helping me uh, for a long time. Outstanding stuff. So eighth in the world at the last world titles in Oregon. That was last year. It was a crazy year last year, which we'll get into in just a moment because you are about to jump on a plane to represent us at the, well, the world titles again this year coming up in Budapest in, in, in August. Before we get there, though, uh, this, no, it wasn't this morning. Yesterday morning, drug test. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. So, and, and, and you're there getting, you're looking really like, oh, where's this going? But this is a fascinating insight, I think, into what we as mere mortals have no idea about. But tell us about your morning yesterday when the drug testers came knocking on the door. You know what? Uh, so... The townhouse that we live in doesn't have a doorbell. So first thing I do when I when I moved in was I had to kind of make a doorbell and it goes straight into my room because if the drug testers ring or, or you know, can't get a hold of me at six o'clock in the morning, between six and seven o'clock in the morning, which is my allocated kind of have to be at home, they have to be able to to access me and um and do the drug test. Mm. Uh yeah, they need to be able to do that. So I had to, you know, put in a doorbell and at 6.15 yesterday morning, the, the doorbell goes off and there's only one person ringing the doorbell at that time of the morning. So, you know, slowly got up and I took my time this time because about a week before leaving for the world championships last week, uh, last year, they rang the doorbell and I hurried down the stairs and I actually fell down a flight of stairs and kind of hurt my shoulder a little bit. And then there's a second flight of stairs and I, I kind of, you know, got up, I was in a little bit of shock and I ac- accidentally fell down the second set of stairs and knocked myself out and woke up at the bottom. Oh, what? That, that knocked was, yourself out? I knocked, well, I don't remember, I don't remember the tumbling. I just, you know, kind of remember fall, uh, coming off the last step and, oh, and hitting the bottom. And, and so, uh, I, I think I knocked myself out and, and so I took my time in the morning, uh, to make my way down the stairs, but I recorded a PB because I'm one of those weird ones that I don't have to pee first thing in the morning. And, uh, and so usually, you know, they, they come and they get settled and we have a good chat and I make myself a cup of tea and start drinking water and all that sort of stuff. And, but yesterday I set a PB for my fastest ever drug test. So they knocked on the door at six, uh, six 15 and then by six forty six, you know, everything was signed. The papers were done. Drug test was done and, and they were off again. So, you know. PB, PB at, at uh, six o'clock in the morning yesterday. PB for doing a peewee in the, pe- in the, pe- yeah, okay. What I don't know where it's going with day. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> great start of the day. And what an omen heading into a world championship year. Um, you are packing your bags heading to, to Europe next next week. You, yep. There's a big meet in Austria, isn't there? Yeah. It's the biggest multi-event competition in the world. So pretty much it's in, it's in this tiny little town uh, called Gotzis in Austria. Uh, there's there's probably the population's like maybe 5000 people and i reckon there's there's at least that that come to the track so you know everyone from neighboring towns come to the track just for a multi event competition so a decathlon wow. and a heptathlon and um, it's the top usually you know 
30, 32 athletes in the world and everyone, everyone is looking to open their, comp their, their competition season there. So heading over there, I'm uh, joined by a few Australians as well. Ash Maloney, who's obviously yep. the Olympic bronze medalist. Uh, he'll be, uh, he'll be, you know, looking for a good score over there. Dan Golubovic, who's a training partner of mine, he uh, he's looking for a good score as well. Silver medal of Commonwealth Games with exactly. your along with your bronze. He beat me. Yeah. yeah. Oh. So I'm looking to <laughs> looking to get back on top. Cedric, I want to get into the logistics of this. This is the stuff that also fascinates me. Yeah. You've got a lot of gear to take. I do. Yeah. I mean, there's the stuff you throw. There's the stuff that you jump with. Yep. Poles, pole yeah. vaults. How do you get pole vaults on a or poles on a plane. Yeah, it's a logistical nightmare. We we rock up to the airport and we beg that the airline is is nice and easy. And you, usually the first thing they say is that's not going to fit on the plane. Um, How many are you taking? I take seven poles. It fits in a, a tube, maybe 16 centimetres in diameter. How long? Five metres. That's the issue. <laughs> yeah, that's the issue because every airline <laughs> policy says nothing over three metres. And you rock up with five meters, uh, five meter long bag, and they say, "No, nah, that's not making it." And then you kind of, you kind of come in confident. You have to come in confident yeah. and you say, "No, no, like it, it definitely fits. I've never had issues, you know. Just like have, make some calls and, and all that sort of stuff." Uh, but it is, it's becoming a lot harder with with uh, planes kind of going to the container loading system, where they put on the big containers full of luggage rather than just throwing in individual pieces of luggage on the, the plane. So that's becoming a little bit trickier now. And then obviously there's the excess luggage cost, which going to Europe can be upwards of, you know, $100 per kilo. So that's $3,000 every time we uh, jump on a plane. That's almost the price of another ticket. It is. And actually what we did a few years ago is instead of paying for the excess luggage, we, uh, we flew a training partner over with us and we said, you're going to live out of a backpack, you you carry on for a week and and your luggage is the poles, and you can be uh, you can be our <laughs> really? our assistant coach while we were over there. But he he had a great time. Yeah. I, I think he uh, you know he's a a big decathlon fan. He had kind of heard about this competition and free flight to Europe, and then uh, got to experience it. He was all for it. All right, training the amount of times that you do a day that that's your full time job. Yep, at training, yep. so it doesn't really allow you to do uh, another job that you'd actually get paid for. Uh, how do you get money in to pay for two plane tickets when there's only one of you really going to compete? And what do Pokemon cards have to do with it? <laughs> Here we go. So, well, you know, to to my job now, I, I would say is is I do some public speaking. So, um, you know, keynote events and panels and and Q and A's and all that sort of stuff. Uh, I, I really enjoy that, and uh, and that's been a lot of fun. But Pokemon cards is something that I I started during COVID, yeah. and I you know Pokemon was kind of coming through. The cards were becoming collectible items, and and so I started kind of flipping them and and going and finding people's collections and sending them off to get graded and authenticated, and then I'd put them into collections, and and that's how I was uh, making money during COVID. How much money would you make trading Pokemon cards? Well, I, I think the the most expensive set I sold was about ten thousand um, dollars. Really? Obviously, I had to put a bit of money to to buy those cards and and get them graded and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, it was. Uh, you know, I think some of the most most expensive Pokemon cards can be upwards of of a million dollars now, getting close to at least. Yeah, for one card, this was sixteen cards for for ten grand, but it was. Uh, 
It was a lot of fun. Did a lot of research. The things our Olympic athletes have to do to get around and travel and train and, and just compete to do what they do and then try and bring us glory every four years or so. Cedric, stay with me. I've got to take a quick break then and we'll bring home, we'll ram home the end of the show with you the way that you will do like you did in the 1500. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis. All right, time to drive it home. Cedric, Cedric Jubilar, my guest in the studio, Cedric. Big year coming up in 30 seconds or less. What's it look like? <laughs> I know we've got the news to get to. So, look, head over to Austria. Uh, in a week and a half. I'm there for about a month doing a training camp afterwards. Then I'll be back for six weeks, which is two training blocks, and then back again for the World Championships, which is in Hungary at the end of August. Let's touch base when you're over there. I'm going to wake you up. Not like a drug tester. Look, thanks for your company today. We'll catch you tomorrow from nine.